From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. This broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, a subject of vital importance for the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Morning and Evening. This morning's text is found in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 16. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. No doubt a part of the wonder which is concentrated in the word behold is excited by the unbelieving lamentation of the preceding sentence. Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my God hath forgotten me. How amazed the divine mind seems to be at this wicked unbelief! What can be more astounding than the unfounded doubts and fears of God's favored people? The Lord's loving word of rebuke should make us blush. He cries, How can I have forgotten thee, when I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands? How darest thou doubt my constant remembrance, when the memorial is set upon my very flesh? O unbelief, how strange a marvel thou art! We know not which most to wonder at, the faithfulness of God or the unbelief of his people. He keeps his promise a thousand times, and yet the next trial makes us doubt him. He never faileth. He is never a dry well. He is never as a setting sun, a passing meteor, or a melting vapor. And yet we are as continually vexed with anxieties, molested with suspicions, and disturbed with fears, as if our God were a mirage of the desert. Behold is a word intended to excite admiration. Here indeed we have a theme for marveling. Heaven and earth may well be astonished that rebels should obtain so great a nearness to the heart of infinite love as to be written upon the palms of his hands. I have graven thee, It does not say, Thy name. Oh, the name is there, but that is not all. I have graven thee. See the fullness of this. I have graven thy person, thine image, thy case, thy circumstances, thy sins, thy temptations, thy weaknesses, thy wants, thy works. I have graven thee, everything about thee, all that concerns thee. I have put thee altogether there. Wilt thou ever say again that thy God hath forsaken thee, when he has graven thee upon the palms of his own hands? 
Every so often here on Let the Bible Speak, we've mentioned Q&A with Alan Cairns. These are video clips of Dr. Cairns giving biblical answers to a variety of questions. These include, why did Christ have to become a man? Why does a good God allow suffering? Or, what is the unpardonable sin? In all, Dr. Cairns responds to over 50 such concerns. All of these video clips are available on the ltbsradio.com website. In addition, we're happy to be able to provide you, free of charge, a DVD containing all of these video portions, about five hours of guidance from God's Word for problems which face the 21st century Christian. You may have a copy simply by requesting it. Just ask for the DVD, Q&A with Alan Cairns, you may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or if you wish, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Here's an excellent way to provide scriptural answers to family and friends regarding the challenging questions facing believers in this day. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Today he'll be bringing the final portion of a message dealing with the work of the Spirit in the ministry of Christ. We've seen that the Holy Spirit was deeply involved in the Incarnation. Furthermore, the Bible makes it clear that Christ was indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Then it was at Christ's baptism that he began his earthly ministry. Here again, the Holy Spirit was present and active, both to demonstrate Christ's purity and to prove the validity of Christ's Messiahship. In addition, the Scriptures demonstrate the activity of the Holy Spirit in the temptation of Christ. In this concluding portion of the message, we'll see the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's works of power, as well as in His death, resurrection, and glorification. Now to conclude this message on the work of the Spirit in the ministry of Christ, here is Dr. Cairns. How do you get victory? Paul put it in a nutshell. I remember as a young Christian struggling, the devil defeating me again and again, bringing me down to the edge of despair where I wondered would God ever 
Give me the light of assurance of faith and the light of victory in Jesus Christ and the joy of my salvation uh, to such a place that I thought perhaps there would never be anything but just tragedy and frustration enough to break the mind entirely. I remember as a young Christian with all that burden of defeat and frustration upon me falling on my face before God. And the first time, oh, I'd read it again and again and again. But the first time, the fifth chapter of Galatians really opened up to me. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's a plain statement. Could I put it this way? you walk in bathing trunks at the North Pole, you're not really going to get sunburned. Now, you might get weather beaten, but you're not going to die of tropical heat, are you? On the other hand, if you walk at the equator in summertime, you're not going to drown in snow. Simple cause and effect. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. When the lusts of the flesh are evident in the believer's life, when the words of the flesh come tumbling from his lips, when the bitterness of the flesh and all the wickedness of the flesh is evident in himself, in his home, in his relationships with other Christians, etc., etc., you have an absolutely clear indication that he is not walking in the Spirit. Now, God gives us the example. The Son of God depended entirely upon his indwelling Spirit. So can we. Bless God, he will never let us down. The fifth area where the Holy Spirit worked in the ministry of Christ was in his works of power. Stay in Luke chapter 4, look at verse 14. Jesus returned, this is after the temptation. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. He returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 gives us the words of Peter concerning Christ in the household of Cornelius. And this is what he says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now, when you see the ministry of the Lord Jesus, see all that he did, see the miracles, casting out devils, etc., what are you seeing? you're seeing the fullness of the power of the Spirit of God in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Matthew 12 and 28 says, in the words of Christ, I cast out devils by the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. And when the Pharisees said, no, you do it by Beelzebub, Jesus said, you are blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. Why? Because all the mighty works of Christ's power. Oh yes, we could say, 
abstractly, I suppose, we could say, because he was God, he could do anything. But the fact is, though that may be true, the Lord Jesus never did anything on this earth simply by virtue of the fact that he was God manifested in the flesh. He did all that he did because of the measureless fullness of the Holy Ghost that he had. He depended on the Spirit of God, the fullness of power. Now, I'm not going to apply that to you and me at this point in time. We've come to the power of the Spirit in due course in our studies. But I say this to you. There is power. Now, you and I have a, a limitation as to our capacity. The Lord Jesus alone could receive the infinite Spirit in all His measureless fullness. But you know, whether you take a pint jug or the great Atlantic Ocean, any receptacle can only receive according to its capacity. And the little pint jug is just as much full as the vastest receptacle in the world. It may not have as much, but it's still full. You know, whoever you are, whatever you are in Jesus Christ, there is the fullness of the Spirit of God, and there is power to do His work and His will. Now, we have seen this. In the words of Christ, He executed His prophetic office, and the Holy Spirit filled Him for that. Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach. That's the prophetic office. In the works of Christ, He executed at least to some degree His kingly office, subduing His and our, our enemies. And in this, the Holy Spirit filled Him as well. I cast out devils by the Holy Spirit, Matthew twelve twenty eight. Therefore, we're not surprised that the Holy Spirit also filled Him for His priestly. That leads me to the sixth thing. The Holy Spirit working in the death of Christ. Hebrews 9.14 He, through the eternal Spirit. Now, some commentators think that's His divine nature. I believe not. It certainly would be a unique way of describing it. The eternal Spirit surely is the Holy Spirit who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God. Now I'm going to tread very, very briefly and very, very carefully here for we're within the veil. And I want to tell you when I come here, I will use few words because I dare not transgress. But I say this to you. Every part of the sufferings of Christ all tie into his atoning work. But nonetheless, the atonement did not merely consist in the external sufferings of Jesus Christ. Rather, the atonement derived its power from what we could term Christ's intention. That inward voluntariness. Now by the eternal Spirit 
He offered himself without spot. What does that tell me? It tells me that even in the depths of the most awful darkness and agony of Calvary, when men tormented his body, and when all hell was let loose against his mind, even in the darkness of Calvary, the will of Jesus Christ was filled and fixed by the Holy Spirit of God so that never for a moment did he ever lose that total willing zeal to offer himself a spotless substitute to God for the salvation of our souls. Yes, the Holy Spirit is active at the cross. And he's active in the resurrection and glorification of Christ. Now the resurrection again is attributed to all three persons of the Trinity. The Father in Acts 2.24. The Son himself in John 10.17 and 18. But preeminently the Holy Spirit is stated to be the executor of the Trinity in this purpose of God in the resurrection. Romans 8.11 The Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead. That's an oblique reference to the Holy Spirit raising Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 3.18 says He was quickened by the Spirit. That's an absolutely clear reference to the work of the Holy Spirit in raising Christ from the dead. And then, I want you to follow Him to the throne of glory. And in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we have him speaking to the churches. There are seven little letters, and every one of them is spoken from the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this carefully. Every letter commences with Christ speaking, and every letter ends with this. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit saith. So that even from the throne of glory... The Holy Spirit of God is still active and operative and cooperative with Jesus Christ in His glorious work for our salvation. I could sum it all up. That the Holy Spirit of God, who formed the human nature of Christ, also filled Him with infinite fullness for all His work and has finished his task in the glorification of our risen Savior. And henceforth, here's the glorious thing about it all, the glorious application of it all, henceforth, the great ministry of the Holy Spirit who did all this in the actual body and humanity of Christ. His great ministry is to do the very same thing in the mystical body of Jesus Christ, his church. For those seven things that I took have all got a parallel, a spiritual parallel in us, God's people. The Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, formed the New Testament church as the body of Christ. 
Romans 8 and 9, He indwells us. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Thirdly, He baptized us into the body. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. He leads us and He leads the whole church of Christ. John 16 13. He leads us into all the truth. Romans 8 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He empowers us. Acts 1 and 8. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Can I say this? I always preach the atoning, propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We're not saved by His example. But surely we didn't study First Peter in vain. While we're saved by His propitiation, nonetheless we live by His example. His sufferings are an example. As the Holy Spirit was with Him on the cross, so the Spirit imparts to us the spirit of self sacrifice. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Then finally, as he raised Christ from the dead, so he gives to Christ's people his mystical body, resurrection power. Even now he gives that. Romans 8 and 11. He quickens our mortal bodies. Bless God, the day is coming when having filled formed and filled that entire mystical body of Christ and completed it in all its parts, he will also transform it in glory to be with Christ, the head and the body, inseparable for all eternity. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the person and in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. May God teach us much of His Spirit. Give us a yearning to know that the Holy Ghost is not a principle. He's not a vague power. He's not a doctrine. The Holy Spirit is the vital third person of the eternal Trinity. And he is, as I pointed out right at the very beginning of these studies, he is always active. The Spirit of God is never passive. He is always active. Oh, that God would grant us in seeing what God by his Spirit has done in our Savior, our covenant head, to desire and pray with much fervor till we know and experience the spiritual application of all this in the covenant people. May God bless his word to all our hearts for his name's sake. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. 
Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. 